So this week, so this week has been a crazy week. We've been watching things like Palestine conflict. Um, I think you saw the other speaker and said, I've been so inundated with videos and prophetic words and the raptures about to take place and the one video even suggested that September this year was a start of a seven years of tribulation, which really worried me. Because not one of my church members got raptured. <laughs> Lord, you were like five, but would be good. Lord, why have you got raptured? Um, I'll be flippant about it, but, but here we go. Here we go. The word speaks specifically about a few things when it comes to the end times. And I'm not an end time preacher, um, and, and I'm not starting to be an end time preacher. I sat this week and I, and I really thought about Matthew 24, and I'm going to read it to you guys now. Um, and, and I know everyone's looking at Palestine, everyone's looking at Israel. I think we've all got these different, you know, we, we hear the Israeli side of what is happening, and we switch on the news, and we hear the Palestine thing of what's happening. And it doesn't matter, you know, we know that we support the Jewish nation, we support Israel. <laughs> but you can't, but your heart can't, but you're hurt about what's happening on the other side of the fence as well, you know? And I think, you know, I, I see Tisha Tani this week, I, I said, I wish we would do war like we did in the old days, you know, with, uh, with Brave Art, you know? You bring the best 10,000 men, I'll bring my best 10,000 men, we get out to the field and win a catch You know, that's how the war should be. You know, not flying a drone from the United States and blowing up something in Iraq. The guy sitting there in the control room. But I want to speak about war this morning. I want to speak about Matthew 24. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it to you out of three different versions this morning. And uh, I want you just to, to hear what I've got to say. I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version first. And the New King James Version says a very simple thing. Matthew 24, and I'm going to be read, reading from verse 3. It says, And now he sat down on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of the coming and the end of an age? And Jesus answered, and he said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and I will deceive many. And you will hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, I'm going to read this to you this morning in the TPT Bible, which is the Passion Bible. And the Passion Bible, wait, I'm going to actually read out the message first. So the message, verse 1, says this. Jesus left the temple, and as he walked away, his disciples pointed out how very impressive the temple's architecture was. And Jesus said, uh, you're not impressed by all the sheer size of you. The truth of the matter is that there is not one stone in that building that is going to end up in a pile of rubble. Later, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, his disciples approached him and asked him, tell us, when, and the, when are these things going to happen? What will be the sign of you coming that time is, um, when the time is up? And Jesus said, watch out for doomsday deceivers. Many leaders are going to show up with forged identities, claiming I'm the Christ, the Messiah. They will deceive a lot of people. When, re when reports come out in of war and rumors of war, keep your head and don't panic. 
This, this, is a routine, this is routine in history. This is no sign of the end. Nation will fight nation, ruler will fight ruler, over and over. Famines, earthquakes will occur in various places. There is nothing compared to what is coming. They are going to throw you to the wolves, kill you, and everyone's going to hate you because of you carry my name. And then, going from bad to worse, it will be a dog eat dog, everyone at each other's throats, everyone hating each other. In the confusion, lying preachers will come forward and deceive a lot of people. For many others, the overwhelming spread of evil will do them, do them in. Nothing left of their love but a mound of ash. Stay with it. That we, that's what God requires. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry and you will be saved. And during all this time, the good news, the message of the kingdom will be preached all over the world as witnesses in every country. And then the end will come. The TPT Bible says it like this, and I want you to point out a few things this morning, because I think so often we read that and we say, well, there are war, and there's rumors of war, and there's, and there's all these things, and this must be the end of the t- end times. You've got to understand something, eh? I've been listening, I've been told from the age of 13, that is nearly 25 years, all right, <laughs> that Christ is about to return. And it's important to see the signs, and it's important to take note of what is happening in the world. It's important to know what's, what God's prophetic word about Israel and Palestine and all these kinds of things. But I want to just chat something different this morning, because I think there are a few key things that we will get so focused on what is happening there that we forget about what needs to be done. Listen to me carefully. The TPT, the Passion Bible says this. It says, as Jesus was leaving the temple courts, his disciples came to him and pointed out the beautiful architecture of the temple. And Jesus turned to them and said, take a good look at these for for I'm telling you, there will not be one stone left upon it, one another. It will all be leveled. Now, now we read that. And we think, well, this is now the temple's going to be leveled. You see, we don't understand that Roman Prince Titus flattened the temple in 70 AD already. Then the temple was rebuilt, all right? And the Emperor Hadrian destroyed the temple again in AD 135. So the temple has been destroyed three or four times already. And, and somehow we get this thing about what this is going to happen now. It's happened throughout history. It's happening today. And you and I have got to get to this place that what is God saying to us as a people? Carries on, he says this. He says, take a good look at these things, for I'm telling you that there will not be one stone left upon another. Now listen to this. Later when they arrived at the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately where he was sitting. He said, tell us, when will these things happen? And what are the signs that we should expect to signal the coming? The coming there in the Hebrew word means of your presence. Listen, of your presence. When is the coming of your presence? That's what it means, all right? And, and the completion of this age. When he speaks about this age, he speaks, actually speaks about the new age where the Messiah will restore the church. But he carries on, he says this. He said, Jesus answered them, he said, at this time, Deception will run rampant. All right? In the, in the, in the New King James Version, it says this. And, and he said, and Jesus answered, said to them, Take heed that no one 
deceives you. We've got a purpose. We've got a plan. And we've got a calling upon your life and life. You see, we can study all the stuff that is happening in Israel. We can study the Bible and the ancient and all this kind of stuff. But we cannot move away from the great commission that says go to all the world and make disciples of all nations. And when we see what is happening in Israel church, we should not become fearful, we should not become despondent, we should not focus so much on end time that we lose focus on what we should be doing. You see, we're in a season right now that if war breaks out, that, that if war can break out in, in Kamapal, for example, do you know what the rest of us will do? We'll try our very best to get everyone that's in Kamapal out of there. Or will we stand on the edge of Kamapal and say, oh, well, thank God it's not Shiloh. Thank God it's not Peace and, and we missed this, and, and this is what frustrates me, because I've heard 5,000 Jesus is about to return sermons in my life. And we get so full of people spend so much time trying to find out where he's to return that we forget what it is that we call to do. Hear me. If the coming of the Lord was as important to you as what it is in him, we will start teaching doomsday's messages and keep more evangelistic programs going. We will start trying to save ourselves and try and find somebody that will go with us. That if the end times are so close, what is the church of Jesus Christ doing to make sure that we populate heaven? We've got all these videos and all this stuff happening around us. And we believe, oh, well, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Trust me. Yes, please hear me. He is soon to return. But he wants to say that this gospel of the message of Jesus Christ needs to be propitiated to the ends of the earth. And there's a commission on your life, and I'm not making it It's good that we know what's happening there. It's good that we know the inside information. It's good that we, we watch the Bible and prophetic words being fulfilled every, all the time. But what is our responsibility now towards Israel? What is our responsibility now towards God? Is it not that we should be praying without ceasing? Is it not that we should be telling our friends and family about the good news of Jesus? Is it not that we should be bringing thousands to God right now? Or you and I simply going to come to a place where, phew, okay. You read a little bit further down this passage and actually says that when that time comes, you know, pregnant women flee to the mountains. Those that are working in the fields don't go back. And people are doing that. You must go to YouTube. People are, they are doing that but I'm over building bunkers. I don't know why you're building a bunker. We're going to be taken before then. You know, you should not just give in your knees and stop holding. But the world is going crazy at the moment. And I think it's so often that the devil comes and he chucks this thing at us that we become so consumed about that Jesus is going to return tomorrow that we forget what our purpose and our function and our plan and our calling is. As much as you are excited about the return of Christ, 
I'm excited about the fact that First National Bank will have to deal with their debt once I'm directed. <laughs> but I also believe that there's such a calling upon our lives as a people and as a church. And often we just miss the things that God is saying. In Matthew it says, this verse 4 says, and that, and, and that time deception will run rampant. So be aware that you are not fooled, for many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying this about themselves. I am the anointed one, and they will lead many astray. You will hear of wars, revolutions on every side, and more rumors of war to come. Don't panic and don't give in to your fear, for the breaking apart of the world system is destined to happen, but it won't yet until the end, until everything unfolds. Then what God says, yes, yes, the world system is going to fall apart. But he says, don't you give in to fear right now. And don't you lose your purpose right now. Church is all about people. Church is about making sure that your brothers say the prayer. And again, Kathy was stuck at the airport with the bomb exploding above her. I cannot believe they missed it. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> now she's again. <laughs> okay, I'll leave okay. But But speak to her. It's a scary thing. It doesn't matter how saved you are, it doesn't matter how you love Jesus. Fear comes into your heart. I mean, we were fearful sitting on this side, just communicating with her on that side. And so you can imagine what it would be like actually living there and living through the atrocities that are happening on, in that whole region. And so as Christians, we just, we want to be safe. And thank God you said you're not church in peace, And thank God you know that it's not happening again. But have you ever thought how you would react if it had to happen again? The word says, there's war, rumors of war. Brother will turn against brother, nation against nation. In this country, we are divided nation right now. Because Christian faith and the Jewish faith in our country is saying, you know what, we are praying for Israel, and our government has stood up this morning and said, well, we pray for Palestine. And you know what the word of God says, ask the Bible, will fall. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about how much prayer our government needs right now? Have you thought about how much prayer we've got to pray for unity in our nation right now? Do you realize we gave election polls in a couple of months' time? A divided nation? And I'm not a politician, I never see politics on the scene, and I'm not going to start now. But I'm trying to show you something that there are more important things than having a bugger bag right now in the world. There are more important things right now worrying when God is to return. You know, the crazy part about God is this, he says, no one, no one, not even the Son of Man, knows the time that he will return. 
And he doesn't see first of all, so I don't think he needs to be first of all. But there's things that need to be done in our nation. There's things that need to be done in our community. There's things that need to be done with loved ones around us. And I've, and I've got to ask myself, like, so, so what are we doing to reach the nations? What are we doing to make a difference in society? What are we doing to reach our family and our loved ones? And unfortunately, we've come into society right now where we become a worry part, where the Word of God says, do not give in to your fears. How many of you this morning, don't put up your hands, but how many of you this morning are fearful of the future? How many are fearful of the elections that are coming up? How many are fearful of the paper price and interest rates that are going through the roof? How many of you don't know if you're going to make it to the end of the month or to the end of the year? How many of your marriages are going through difficult things right now? And what we've happened is that we've let fear come into our lives this morning. Our teenagers are going through the most horrific stuff. They're facing the hardest community summit. It's tougher to be a teenager today than it was when we were teenagers. It's hard. And I want to tell you, parents, listen to me carefully. Listen to me. The enemy wants to destroy the next generation. Because if he destroys the next generation, there is no church. And we need to start taking care of our teenagers. We need to make sure that we pray for them daily. That we give them advice. That we give them guidance. That we say, no, I know you can do some stuff. Mental health is a real thing in our society today. And yet the word says in verse 24, fear not, do not give in to these fears. And I want to tell you every moment, every day in this room this morning, that you're more than enough and your child is perfectly happy with you and you are more than capable to pull them through this season. You just got to start to believe in yourself and believe in the calling of God upon your life. But we cannot be caught up in the fear of what's happening overseas. You know what the craziest thing about news is? Is that most people have forgotten that there's a war going on in Russia and Ukraine right now. Do you know the news doesn't even report on it anymore? And we've got this world of information that is driving us absolutely freaking crazy. Because every time something breaks out, we think the world's coming to an end. And we're going to leave South Africa and we're going to run away because this place is going to the dogs. And yet you and I need to find out what is God saying to us individually right now. I've said this how many times in the last year. That if you think that there's going to be a corporate revival where God is going to turn nations around. I want to say to you, I believe you're wrong. Because I believe God is about to do individual revival that will cause a corporate outbreak that will change cities. But the revival has to start with you. And it has to start in your home. And it has to start in your private life. And it has to start in your Bible readings. And it has to start in the Word of God. And it has to start in your church. And it has to start in your worship.
prepared fight for this nation. Because it's great to declare that we're a Christian nation. It's great to declare that 80% of people in South Africa believe in God of the Bible. But we haven't even faced adversity yet. We haven't faced hard times. We haven't had a famine. Can you imagine children looking like God is looking like now? Not one ball in this future. Can you imagine living like that? Can you imagine if they told us today that we've got 24 hours to leave here and get to youth name? 1.2 million people. Can you imagine the chaos on the roads? Can you imagine not having electricity? Can you imagine not having oh, electricity? We don't we have it. So we so God preparing us there. But listen to what I'm saying to you. We have not been under persecution yet. We have not faced trials and tribulations. If you think a feeling that is falling out is a bad thing, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you think, oh, you lost your job because of COVID. And I'm not being abused that perfectly today. There are people in the building that have gone through the toughest two or three years of their lives and they're still here. And to you that have endured the last three or four years and you thought you weren't going to make it and your kids weren't going to make it and everything was going to fall apart and you in this room this morning, I want to say thank you for enduring. But I want to say this to you, the best is yet to come. I need to say to you church that if we are people that are called by God, that we're a nation that God wants to pour out His abundance upon. If we're a nation that God wants to do great things through, it starts right here in this house. And it starts right in your house morning. The word of God says that, that He formed you in the Psalm 139. He says, that he knitted you together in your mother's womb. Listen to me. And I said this before, I'm going to say this Not one of you sitting here will go by accident. Not one of you sitting in this room this morning need to let fear rule your life. Because the God of the armies is on your side. He knows the purposes and the plans he has for you. But you see, you and I need to step into that arena. You and I need to be involved in the fight of God right now. You and I need to understand what are the weapons of warfare that God wants for us, not just as a church, but as a nation. On the radio this weekend, I used an example of somebody who represented and that said to me, so what advice can you give, you know, the future leaders? And I said this to her, I said a simple thing, I said, get to know your Jesus. Get to know your Jesus. You see, if I had to ask Christian to set a new brand of car, 
And you, both man, come to Christian after this and say, Pastor Kurt says that you've got this new part of your city. Tell me a little bit about it. And Christian says, well, it goes really fast. It comes in red, yellow, and blue. And it's got four tires. And it's very cute. How long are you going to buy the car from me? But if he says to you, man, this is the plan that it's got in, this is the braking system that it's got, this is the engine, this is the warranty on the engine, this is what you know, the potential consumption is, this is the 4x4 capabilities, this is this, this is this. If, if a Christian knows his car, you are going to buy it. And how do we sell Jesus to the world if we don't know him? If we don't spend time with him? If we don't get to know his heart? And we don't know what makes him makes him tick in a sense. No, there's the things that break his heart, break your heart. You cry for the lost. You cry for the needy. You cry for the broken. You cry for those that are going through mental health issues. Those that are addicted. That cannot break addiction. Those that are battling themselves, battling with lust and pornography. Are we praying for them? Or we just want those salesmen that, you know what, as we acknowledge Jesus in terms, I gave my life to Jesus, I'm HAPPY, he has my ticket into heaven, boom, we are. Because that's not what you've been called to do. God didn't create you. God didn't form you in your mother's womb. God didn't call you to be a dad or a mom. God didn't call you to be a member of the church. God didn't call you to be a leader, leader, just so that you can go to heaven. Heaven is the bonus of what God needs you to do on earth. And our yes needs to be yes and our no needs to be no. I read this article this week in Christian leadership. That it says, Ten reasons why people leave your church. The main reason that the people act differently outside the church are what they do inside the church. They stop short just to say about hypocrites. Do you reflect his heart? Do you know you're good enough to reflect his heart? Do you know you're good enough that when people come into your presence, that there's something about you, Lisa? Hey, Graham, something about you, what is it? Or do we just throw away our testimony by our behavior? Do we deny him by our lifestyle, but we want to confess him with our mouth? It's easy for me to stand up here and tell you all that Jesus is great and I love him and he loves me and he's removed my sins as far as the east is from the west. But let me tell you something, I can lose this testimony the minute I get stuck in the mud out there. The minute my baby daughter starts dancing, I can quickly lose faith. But when someone irritates the life out of you, then we can lose our testimony like this. Why? Because I tell you now, we haven't got the heart of God. And no one we have no heart of God because we just have not spent enough time in His prison. And I need to say this to you. Because yes, there are rumors and famines and wars and all 
kinds of things. And it is scary. And you've been through it. You were there. But are we going to focus on, on, on what could happen and forget about what, what needs to happen right now? Just a simple, simple question this morning. And it's this. If God had returned straight after the service, who of your friends and family won't be anyway? Will your kids be coming? Will your wife make it? Will your husband make it? Will your neighbor make it? Think about it. Think about it. And if he was going to return at half past ten today, you see, we can get caught up in all that stuff. We can get caught up in all the families that are happening. If you go to the news, there's war over the world. Sudan, Congo. Liberia, everywhere. And it was a it has been going on for hundreds of years. But if Christ is duly third, I really pray that the following Sunday that not one of you are sitting here. I'm really trusting that all of you are going to go with us. And all of you have been flipping. Because somebody said the other day, we're going to be very surprised who's left behind and who's taken. God is amazing. You see, you've got to understand this morning that He gave away everything for you. This is important to you. Your salvation is, is, is the most important thing to Him. Let me tell you something, it must be important if you prepare to sacrifice your son for someone that's not listening. It's, it's got to be important for God. It's got to be something that burns in God's heart. I'm sorry. This, this must be the, the thing right above God's agenda. Relationship with my people. Salvation for my people. It's got to be important. And if it's important to God, it has to be important to you. And it has to be important to the loved ones around you. And it has to be important to those that matter to you. And I'm not saying that you're cross the center of the world and the Bible, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you do you, bro. You become the best version of you right now. That is the greatest gift that this world can get, is the good version of you, the Jesus version of you. The sold out believer version of you. That is what the world needs. We don't need more preachers. We don't need more signing footprints. We don't need more piano players. We don't need more televangelists. What we need is more people like you that are sold out to Jesus and believe in the calling of God upon their life. That is what this world needs. 
The world needs you. Your neighbor needs you. Your kids need you. Your school needs you. But they need you to be sold out. They need, they need you to fear not. They need you to not be deceived. People that have just walked past the church and just given their life to Jesus. Miracles that have happened. Babies that have been sick, that just a couple of prayers and next to they're out. We even got our own miracle this week. My daughter's pregnant. And I know it's not my story to tell, but listen to me. Listen to me. They battled for four years to have a child. They were the best doctors you can eat. They couldn't help them. They relocated to Prague. They had the best doctors there, they could not help them. Eventually, after six or seven years of trying, she eventually conceived. And we had to love. And when they planned to have another child, they had to go through that same process. Hormones, fertility treatments, injections, you name it. And praise God, she conceived again in Shadari. And you know the best part about this? I know that the deepest desires of her heart and Donovan's heart is to have a girl, you know? But they've given up on it because they just said to us, we're not going to go through this process again too much. I'm telling you this because we're in a season of the impossible right now. We're in a season where medical science is going to be blown by what God is about to do in your life. Let me tell you something. You're unemployed? No, you're not. You're about to be employed. I will tell you back in your finances. I'll tell you to sort out your finances. God's about to do something in your life. We're in that season. But get to know your Jesus. Amen, don't we say it. 